0: Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. This is episode 14. Hello everybody and welcome back. So I've got some ring dingers for you today. Some interesting uh, updates that I'm seeing on YouTube. I'm going to nerd out a little bit, get a little bit into the weeds of uh, UI changes, some stuff that I'm seeing on YouTube that potentially will have a huge effect on the future of YouTube creators. That means you and I, (laughs) as well as I'm going to answer a specific question from the Project 24 community. Okay, let's talk about the first thing. Uh, I I decided to title this podcast something along the lines of new YouTube UI change has got me concerned or just concerning UI change because over this past week, this is fresh off the Nate's observations here. (laughs) This past week, I have been seeing YouTube testing a user interface change. And what it looks like is essentially, I was trying to come up with the right word. The best I could come up with is a histogram. (laughs) A uh, histogram that shows when you are viewing a video on the YouTube, like on desktop, for example, when you view a video on the play bar, usually if you hover it over it, you know, you've got your play uh, slider, you can pause, you can skip ahead, that type of thing, right? And then usually In the past, you could just see some uh, chapters with chapter titles, as well as a little mini preview of what was going on in the video visually, a mini, almost like a mini thumbnail preview on the video. Okay. What I'm seeing now is a grayed out histogram type-esque thing of audience retention externally. This is not in analytics. This is on any watch page. Uh, so it looks like it, it's more curvy, rounded. If you've seen this, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's it's kind of an up and down and it's showing relatively where the most people viewed that video. Okay. So what that means is as you scrub through the video you can see you know some parts are really low and other parts are high and it kind of curves back and forth because previously in analytics we had the key moments of audience retention analytic right and there's the one version that's the usually a downward line it usually starts at the beginning you get to see the dip after the intro and then you know if there's a spike or any other dips and then continuous segments or segments that the audience liked And then if you click through on that in your analytics uh, you could also view relative audience retention okay so what this is looking like to me is youtube is testing a feature of displaying relative audience retention to the general public okay so what that means is when i go and i watch a video i can see that at you know two minutes 32 seconds in it's really low but there's something happens at four minutes and 13 seconds And it's really high at that point. So why does this have Nate concerned potentially here? Because, first of all, it has the potential to dramatically change viewer behavior. And potentially hundreds of thousands of YouTube channels are going to see a dramatic dip in audience retention because of this. So someone gets into your video, they see oh, these are the four points in this video that most people are watching. I'm going to skip to those four points and then I'm going to move on. Okay. That's an extreme example here, but that is, that's kind of explaining why I would see that retention going down. Now we had similar concerns with uh, chapters in the past where it's like, look, these chapters don't seem interesting, or I'm, I'm just going to skip around to the chapters, just get what I came for and then leave. It almost looks like YouTube is testing this for any type of video, not just an information style of video, and not just videos that have chapters on them, be they AI generated or not. So uh, this is interesting. I've said that word like 500 times already this episode, because YouTube has said multiple times that they are about audience viewer satisfaction. And more than any other metric, they are getting better and better at tracking how satisfied people are by combining multiple metrics into one, how satisfied a viewer is with that piece of content. And the more satisfied they are, in theory, the more satisfied they are, the the more likely that video is to do well, at least within that audience segment on YouTube. Okay, so you're following thus far. So what we've done here is that we've potentially introduced something on the, the viewer side where they can just jump to the most satisfying moments of the video. According to relative viewer retention, okay. Uh, Why that is interesting to me is because uh, I can see how YouTube would see that as a good thing, and potentially for viewers, it's it's a good thing they they get to only watch those parts that are most interesting. But what that's going to do is it's going to drop off viewership on the other parts of the video. So how I'm seeing this. Uh, it's not all the time and it gets turned on and off as they often do with when they're testing new features. I don't even have confirmed that this will become a permanent part of YouTube. Uh, but what I'm seeing is... If you go into um, a private uh, window, you can just open that up and look at some YouTube videos, see this this, uh, histogram that I'm talking about here, as well as it doesn't show in the first 24 hours. So what that tells me is they're running the numbers, they're getting the audience feedback segment in the first 24 hours, and then they're putting it up publicly. That's what I'm seeing right now. So a few things from that. The first 24 hours, we already knew this, but the first 24 hours will impact how that graph is built. And then as audience behavior goes over time, it will adjust accordingly, right? But because it doesn't show for the first 24 hours, as of what I'm seeing, those are very important 24 hours to determine audience viewing behavior. Uh, And so that's the first thing. The second thing is even very large youtubers i looked at a variety of youtubers i'll just use mr beast as an as an example he prides himself on having something like 60-70% uh, average viewer percentage which is huge that's that's great but even on videos like that because it was relative viewer percentage or v- viewer retention uh, there are still dips and ups in the videos so even very, very experienced YouTubers, large channels were experiencing this. And so the, the graph on all the videos I looked at never looked like a flat line or just a little variance. There was always a lot of variance in the viewership. So many viewers are going to not be affected because they just don't care. They just hit play on a movie and a video and then they're good. They just watch it. But there are viewers that do a lot of jumping around and they will be the first ones affected by this because they'll see visually, oh, these are the four or five most important parts of this video, I'm gonna skip around, and then I've got it, I'm good. You know, I I can move on to the next video. And so your 10-minute video, rather than having what would normally be if if there's a skip-around viewership if a viewer is that type of person, what it would normally look like is them kind of skipping around. If there's chapters, they might skip around to the, between the chapters, skip around a little bit, and then move on. With this, the skipping around will happen more, potentially. <laughs> and so that means uh, a lowering of average view percentage across the board. Okay, you following thus far? Okay, now, and, and like I said, this is an unconfirmed. It's not a something that is for sure. I'm they're beta testing it right now. I'm just seeing this happen here. But let me take it a step further here and say, okay. So I'm gonna put a little background here. If you aren't very familiar about uh, in the blogging space, I'm gonna give this as an example. Let me explain a little background here. So. The big game when building your own website and writing articles uh, for Google was to write an article that was the most helpful to people. That when you when people came to your page, Google indexed your page, when you Google something in the SERP, that's the search engine results page, um, you would want your video to show up at the top because that means the number one space usually gets the most clicks, okay? Um, and so Google's done that. They've been refining their algorithm over and over again. Yeah, year after year in and year out, right? And then they introduced, this has been going for a while now, you're all familiar with it. They introduced something called snippets or different types of basically you Google a question, see if they can answer it without you ever needing to click through into that article. If they can give you a paragraph that answers it, they're good. You didn't, you stayed on Google longer, which is what Google wanted. And now their, their commodity thus far has been like people creating content, but they're moving further and further into making it so you, they don't even need your content, your blog content. Okay. So if you're not familiar with it, that's the crash course on how that kind of, how that's the, the industry has been going there. So that has led to snippets or sometimes multiple snippets appearing at the top. And so if people can get the answer, they don't click through on your article, your piece of content, that means zero ad revenue for you or zero page views for you, right? And they've done that for a while with video results where you can just click and they say, hey, this minute and 30 second segment of this video shows you exactly how to replace the carburetor on your car, right? So you don't even need to click through onto YouTube in that case. They've been doing things more recently in the realms of showing highlight or key moments. If you search for something and there's some audio or some uh, video results from YouTube, they'll show key moments, whether there are actual chapters on that or not. So you can jump around right there and jump right to the segment that seems the most applicable to what you're searching for. All of this to say, what would prevent, I'm not being a doomsday person here or anything. I'm just being aware of what could be. But what would prevent YouTube from implementing a feature like that in the future on YouTube itself, where they can check, the user can check a box, for example, and only view the highlights of your video, okay? It's almost the equivalent of taking, of slicing your video into a bunch of YouTube shorts and just putting it together. So it jumps this, 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 and this. Hey, you got the gist of the video. It's a 10 minute video. Don't worry. We got it for you. You only need to watch a minute and 30 seconds of this video okay? What's to keep them from doing that? I, I don't know. But the thing is, if their constant goal is viewer satisfaction to get the most satisfying moments from a video, if a minute and 30 seconds of your 10-minute video is the best part and you can really get the full gist of the video within a minute and 30 seconds rather than 10 minutes, I could see them wanting to use that and only show the segments, so then they can move the the viewer on to another piece of content and show more ads. You following? Because that's how they make money. We we talk about time on the platform being the big thing, right? And so longer videos, if you keep people around, I don't think any of that is going to be undermined or, or destroyed by that. But it's signaling a potential change in viewer behavior because if people on the outside, I'm going back to this histogram here, if people on the outside start to see that Okay, so the, only these four moments of the video are the most interesting, and they start showing behavior of on your video, for example. They only watch these four moments, and then they move on to somewhere else, another channel. YouTube might uh, want to follow that, follow the audience, and put things into place to make that happen more easily for viewers. All right, all right, so I've said it here. Do I mean that, am I I saying, oh, no, our videos need to be absolutely short and only the best, juiciest, action-packed moments? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, But it is just another reminder to keep our videos interesting in our own style, in our own archetype. Keep them focused on the reason why people are there in the first place. And... If, if they come for one reason, give them really good reasons why, and you have something else to show them in your video, give them really good reasons why they should watch that also. And so we'll, that'll increase viewer engagement, that'll increase viewer satisfaction, so we're not worried here. It's just a little reminder to say, look, if they came for something and there's anything in your video that isn't delivering on that, that isn't enhancing that experience, then it might be worth considering cutting that part out of your video, okay? If it's not actually helping to narrate the story or answer the question or deliver uh, on their time spent with you watching your video, then you might consider cutting that out. All right, that's the first thing. Second thing I am seeing is this is as of recording here, I have not, and actually when you listen to this, I will have not, I will have been uh, not publishing on Channel Makers for about three to four weeks now interesting thing, I'm seeing this one's a bit smaller, but I've just been observing how the channel's been going. And the, the, aside from all the numbers, which I'll compile in a month or so, just showing a comparison and share that with you guys. But aside from all those numbers, an interesting thing to me was that the last video that I published, uh, the one see you later, that video is about two and a half minutes long. And that one keeps getting suggested to the same people over and over again. Interesting things. So, what what I'm seeing YouTube doing? There's a few reasons I think that's happening. One, it's shorter, uh, and so it's easier to consume. And so, even though the average the the watch time is lower, the average view percentage is higher. So that could be one thing, an indication saying, "Hey, this video for some reason people watched more of it." Second thing is click through rate is higher because people are curious. Well, what's going on with Nate? Like, where's he going? Right. But the thing that's interesting to me is, I think. I've watched firsthand with various accounts that I have that are not channel makers and and being subscribed or watching channel makers, seeing it being suggested over and over and over again on the homepage, for example. uh, They're testing the replayability of that video. How replayable is it? And if it keeps being replayed, they're going to keep suggesting it. If it keeps performing well, whenever I show it in front of people, they're going to show it again and again and again. I've just never seen them do that as in depth as with that video. So, it's, it was just a microcosm of what I see, I've often heard described, and many of you listening to this will have already experienced this, an older video, all of a sudden, just seeming to, to pop uh, a video that you published maybe 10 months ago, boom, all of a sudden this video is back. It's because they're testing that replayability factor, and what that, that doesn't mean that necessarily all of a sudden your video got better, it means you've acquired new video or new audience since that video was published. And if YouTube sees that this video, maybe it had a smaller sample size, so it didn't go very far, right? If they see that that video does well, even with the larger audience since then, that you've acquired since then, then they're going to show it to more people. And it's almost like they rerun the replayability testing on that video, on that piece of content again. All right, that was just the other element I saw. I did want to address an awesome question host here in the Project 24 community. And this, this is from uh, Project 24 member Faye. It's titled, "Has anyone started a YouTube channel in something they are not good at and succeeded?" Okay. And some great uh, conversations. So the, the question was basically, have you started a YouTube channel, something you're not good at and done well at? The advice is to do some. The advice is usually to do something you love, but something you are the best at. But what if you're not the best or even that good, in a subject that is mostly how-to's or tutorials?" That's a really good question. So usually, when I, uh, if someone were to come to me, and this is just my, my take on this, there's some really good conversation happening as a result of this, uh, and Faye, if you're listening to this, I'll, I'll address this to you here. Usually, if, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, Nate, like, and ask this question, like, hey, can I do a YouTube channel on something that I, I'm not really that good at, or, um, is, but it is something that I do love? Um, so I'm going to take this from a few angles here. Usually, you need at least one of these factors to be successful on YouTube. Uh, You need to be good at it. Um, Usually, what that leads to is faster growth and faster establishment as your channel, as an authority in whatever the channel is, okay? So, being good at it, that's usually what that leads to. If you're not good at it, uh, enjoying what you're doing. If you love it and you let it show in your videos... Often that will take longer to grow, but all it means is positioning yourself differently as a channel. It means when you love something, but you don't feel like you're that good at it, uh, you you need to purposely acknowledge that in your videos and position yourself, speaking in subscribability factors here, potentially as a uh, hero's journey type of channel where you're experiencing something, you're learning something as you go, and you're sharing something with people, and I see that Anna responded here is great. She said even just one step ahead is ahead of other people. That's a that's a great point there. Even if you're just one week ahead of your audience and you're saying, hey, this is what I found out this week, it's valuable to people. And so uh, in the realms of how-tos and tutorials, that's great. The, the mistake would be if you tried to position yourself as the expert or the definitive answer. If it's a how-to or a tutorial, this can be very difficult. Because if you're positioning yourself as, hey, this is exactly how to reupholster your couch, and you've never done it before, and you're just making a video, and it just comes across as like, you, you have not done this before, like you don't know what you're talking about, uh, th- then that could be an issue, right? The workaround is exactly what, what I was just talking about there, is position yourself not as the expert, but as a friend, as a person's neighbor, as someone that, hey guys, I just did this this week, can you believe it? Look at this this is how I upholstered my couch. Let me show you how I did it. Something like that, boom. You, you've you bypassed all of their concerns or um, the mental barriers they may have. Now, there, you will still have audience that may show up at your video expecting the other thing uh, and say, ah, this person doesn't know what they're talking about and just leave and that's okay. You're not at that point with your channel, you're not looking to capture that audience anyway. But if the question came down to do I need to spend six months and just really study, 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 and then start my channel? That's a totally different model than what I'm talking about here, which is why I say most of the time you don't need to be an expert because if you start with where you're at and acknowledge that you are starting with that type of channel, then it's cool. Now, when we speak terms of archetypes, usually (laughs) that type of channel, uh, you've got a fair amount of connection in your archetype mix. Even though it's information they're coming for, if you are positioning yourself as hero's journey or something like that, where you're figuring it out as you go, or humorous, it's either connection or entertainment. Most of the time, it's connection because um, they, that's it just has to happen for them to give you the human element of not being the absolute expert when they come to your video. Okay, is that making sense? I'm hoping that's making sense to you. So, it's tough, the 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 natural result there is it's tough if you're looking to build a channel that is pretty heavily informational archetype because of the reason people are coming. If they're coming for the usefulness of the information and you don't necessarily have the skills to deliver the answer in a concise way and you're wanting to lean into that heavy information style, then that could be a, a concern, right? And it would also be a concern if you start out with more of the hey i'm just figuring this out while i go with the goal of in the future just switching into more information because the audience that you acquire at the beginning will be there for the archetype mix that you attracted at the beginning you can shift to a new archetype just know just know going into it that you are going to have to experience that shift if in the long run you just want to do very informational videos and not worry a lot about the connection or entertainment elements if you're just doing how to's or or tutorials Uh, If that's your long-term play, just know you're going to have to make a transition after you've acquired an audience already. And at that point, you might not even want to. (laughs) You may be enjoying it so much, you you may not want to. Uh, But just know that's what you're going to see going into it. Okay, so that was a great question. I wanted to address that for you. Let me know if you have any additional questions or if you're seeing additional crazy things happening on YouTube or questions that you have about the ramifications of changes you're seeing on YouTube. I'm all about that and I'm here to help you guys out.